Praise God. Turn with me this morning to the book of 3 John, the second verse. Only one chapter in 3 John, and we're going to be looking at the second verse. It's, he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, we've been talking for quite a while. We've been preaching about the kingdom, kingdom living. We've talked about spiritual fullness, which is absolutely necessary for a child of God. We've talked about mental wholeness, which we need desperately today. We've talked about emotional wholeness, which is just a, the, the lack of emotional wholeness is just almost epidemic in our, in our lives today. And then we've, we've been talk, we're going to be talking about physical wholeness, and they all come together in one. And I was praying uh, this last week, and I said, God, I just pray that the culmination of all the things we've been t- talking about and, and things that have been happening will just come together in this next session, next series, so that we can, we can begin to experience the things that you have for us. And next, uh, the next series, we're going to be talking about uh, financial flow. I've, I've never preached on finances, never have. And uh, I don't even talk about offerings hardly, but God blesses us tremendously. But it's necessary. The reason is because it plays such a big part in our life, and we need to understand it. It's been abused, misused. Uh, some, some ministers in the church have totally got uh, uh, caught up in the greed and 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 things of it, but it's very, very important because it affects your life, and there are spiritual powers that come with money that we have to address and that we have to, to break. God said he would meet our needs, but most of the time we are praying for our greeds. Amen. We, things that we, we want. He said he'd give us the desires of our heart, but uh, he can't, God, not even God can keep up with most of us when it comes to desires. You know, it just kind of gets overwhelming, and uh, it's a new thing every day. It, it's, it's like my grandkids. Sometimes, you know, they, they'll look at something, they'll, they'll say, oh, Papa, I want this so bad, I want this so bad, you know, and, and they just, they, they give me their cause, and, you know, they, they debate the, the effect, and then they turn around and see something else, and, and they go into the same thing on this. And I'll say, no, you just want whatever you look at. That's why... That's what you want. But in, in 3 John, this verse says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. And then he, he said something strange at the end of this, just as your soul prospers. We can't disconnect the well-being of our soul or our mind, our emotions, our thinking, we can't disconnect that from our physical bodies because our thinking has a, has a dramatic effect on our physical bodies. We can literally change some of the things I've been studying, which I, I'm not prepared for the notes, and I'm going to have to get through this real fast today, but uh, some of the things I've been studying, uh, neuroscience uh, says now Somebody that studied it for 30 years and studies three to four hours on the brain every single day says that not only can, does your thinking affect your health, but you can actually 
uh, change the DNA structure of your body through the things you think and meditate about. In other words, if you are full of toxicity all your life, you will pass on toxicity to the next generation because it changes the structure of liter literally changes the gene genomes in your body. You can mutate your genomes by how you conduct your life. So in other words, we can either, we can either make our family tree die <laughs> or we can make it live. It depends on what we pass on. And so we can change that. I'm not going to get into the rest of that. I shouldn't even brought that up because now my brain's just going after that. But I'm going to change that. We're changing. We're going back to this, all right? And so our health is very important. If you don't have health, you don't have anything. No matter how much money you have, no matter what else you have, if your health leaves you, it, is, it, is, it changes your whole life. It changes everything. When we get a diagnosis that that the world considers terminal, it changes everything about us, our perspective, everything changes. When we don't have the strength and energy just to function every day, it changes our life. When we're in pain all the time, it changes what we do, changes our attitude, and it changes everything about us. It changes how we interact with people, how we interact with our family. And so pain and suffering in our body can dramatically lessen your life and your productivity to the point that you are merely existing to try to survive instead of living and trying to thrive. Amen. It is, we have got to understand that God wants us healthy. Amen. He created us to be healthy. He created our bodies to heal themselves. He created our bodies to, to repair and, and to grow and to strengthen. You know, I'm, I'm, not a real, I'm not the best person to talk about your pains and aches to because I usually come back with, you need to use it more. That does not go over very well. If you've got a pain in your body, you need to make it move. And the reason I say that is because fresh blood flow and oxygen is one of the greatest healers that there is. But if you just stop moving it because it hurts, it's going to get even worse. Amen. When my boys were young, they'd fall down or they'd get hurt, and I'd say, well, move it. Make it, use it. Make it work. They never liked that. You know, they always liked mom. <laughs> she, <laughs> she took on over them. Yeah, well, now that my boys are grown and I get some aches and pains, guess what I get? Use it, Dad. Make it move. <laughs> I get it right back, <laughs> which is true. It's what I need to do. Amen. So we, when we talk about health and healing, we, we need to understand that there's more to this thing than the, will God heal me? Will God? That's the question that we ask so, much, so often. Is God going to heal me? Why hasn't God healed me? Why hasn't God done this? And that very mindset is telling us that there's a problem with how we see God and how we see ourselves. 
rejection, abandonment always plays into this thing. I'm still hurting even though I was prayed for. God must not want to do this. God must not like me. God must. This is all, all these soulish issues come up in this thing. Instead of just continuing to praise God with anticipation, we immediately go to, I'm not being treated right. Amen. I've got a little granddaughter that she's a middle child. Middle children always have this issue. It's not fair. It's not fair. Why? Because they're caught between the oldest one and the youngest one, and it's always not fair. They can't do what the oldest one does, and then the, the youngest one gets babied quite a bit, so they don't get that. And so they get, and so my middle, middle granddaughter uh, is always saying that. It's not fair. And yesterday, my, my grandson heard her say that, and he just stopped. He said, why do you say that? You need to quit talking like that. Quit saying it's not fair. That's not what you're supposed to say. And you need to quit talking like that. I mean, just scolded her about it. And I'm standing there thinking, good job, buddy. Because that's exactly what happens when we start feeling sorry for ourselves or we start feeling like we're being mistreated. Immediately, all these emotional issues come up, and it blocks us from going any further. You cannot progress with your relationship with God or your healing or whatever it is you're wanting until you get those things out of your life again. you got to overcome them because they have now blocked you from receiving. It's all about receiving. It's not about God giving. It's all about receiving. And if we can't receive, if we are blocked, if we are, if we are shut down and shut off, then we're not going to be able to receive what God has for us. we got to keep our, eye, your, our hearts open. Amen. Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. I'm going to try to get this, get this done. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with verse 12. Now, this is talking about immorality, and we definitely need to talk about that, but uh, there's, there's some principles here I want you to grab out of this text. It says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. Grab hold of that. Just because you think it's okay for you to do it, should you? Is it helpful? It's not against the law for me to drink pop, cans of pop all day, 15 cans a day. But is it helpful? <laughs> Amen. Woo, that's good. That's pretty good preaching right there. Amen. I went right to the juggler vein and cut it. I read yesterday something that absolutely surprised me. There is more sugar in three tablespoons of ketchup than there is in a Krispy Kreme donut. Who would have thought it? I have a whole new perspective about Krispy Kreme donuts now. (laughs) 
Next time I want to put some ketchup on my fries, I'm going to get me a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't eat them. They are bad. <laughs> we, when we understand the, the, the power of our human bodies, they are amazing. Our bodies are amazing. God created us with absolutely amazing vehicles to ride around in. But we have to take care of them just like you have to take care of your car. Even more, you have to take care of these bodies. It's just because it's lawful doesn't mean it's helpful. Amen. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Woo! I don't know if I'm going to get through this or not. It might be lawful, but I refuse to be dominated by this thing. Amen. People's always coming up to me and say, well, God didn't say we couldn't do this. But I say, should you? But should you? I did not anticipate how long it's going to take me to get through this. But I will not be brought under the power of any. I will not allow this thing to become an addiction in my life, obsessing. For the stomach and the stomach, the, for the foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise, up, raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Come on, children of God. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? I mean, you, got, you are the extension, you are the, the application, you are the movement of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Man, I could go in so many directions right there. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin the man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know? Now listen to this. I could stop on every bit of this, but I got to get through this, all right? Praise God. We talk about that, you know, if, if He's talking about being joined to the heart. You're one, one flesh with that harlot. Well, think about all the other things that you, you get involved in that you become one flesh with. Amen. becomes part of your body, part of your DNA, part of who you are. Got quiet there. Now listen to this. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of, of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, you are not your own. 
For you are bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, belongs to God. Amen. Now, we could, we could talk on a lot of things right here, and, and I'm, I am doing my best to, to not chase rabbits today. I'm shooting every one of them that I, that I see because I am trying to stay focused. We, we have a body. And the Bible says that our body is members of Christ. And then again, he said, what do you not know? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the dwelling place, the place where he lives, the habitation. You are literally the vehicle that he rides around in. Praise God. Everybody, everybody say, I am a Lamborghini. Guinea, Lamborghini. Holy Ghost is riding around. He's not riding around in junk. He's riding around in the best. Amen. Praise God. Some of us are economy vehicles and some of us are limousines, but he's riding around in the best of what, what he wants. God wants us to understand that we are his vehicle. We are his members. We are his, his, we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouthpiece. God wants to live and breathe through us, but he can't do that if your vehicle is broke down. Amen. Now, let's start understanding something. God cares about the vehicle. Some teach that the body is not under redemption, that the body was left out of redemption. Our souls are saved. We receive a new spirit. Our souls are saved. But I got to tell you something. God saved every part. Sozo, salvation, means every part of us, complete salvation. Amen. There is, there is not one part of us that is left out. Now, Paul said that the last enemy that to be conquered is death. So we know that this vehicle is going to pass away. We begin to age. Amen. Why, you know, at a, at a certain time, our cells stop reproducing. You know, if somebody could come up with that, then, then we would be overpopulated. Anyway, some people want to live forever. I don't want to live forever. Not in this vehicle. <laughs> if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have took better care of myself. I'm just going to tell you that. Amen. I would have, I would have, I would have hit a lot fewer unmovable objects with this body, and and I would have would have taken care of it. Amen. <laughs> I was having real bad pains, like chest pains. I mean, just real bad. I mean, and and I, you know, I was getting older, and I went to the doctor, and I thought that I was having heart problems, and they checked everything. My heart's great. I mean, it's in good shape. It's. It's just working wonderfully. What he found out is I have so many old injuries on my diaphragm and on my, my sternum and, and my ribs and stuff like that that uh, he said those old injuries are becoming inflamed and that's the pain you're feeling. And I thought, I just sit there and I could remember every one of them. And I thought, man, like I told my youngest son when he was a bull rider I kept telling him I'd say son those injuries are not going to quit they're not going to go away and he would come back with some you know bull rider thing 
you know. And I'd tell him, I'd say, that's not going to go away. And I watched him get stomped, drugged, slammed, beat on, knocked out, all this kind of stuff. And I'd tell him, I'd say, that's, that injury's not going to leave. And he didn't believe me. Do you believe me? Yeah. <laughs> now, he's, now he's 30 years old and he has trouble making those hands work that we paid $6,000 to put back together. And now it doesn't work quite right, you know. <laughs> He's got one knuckle that ain't lined up because the last time he broke his hand, I just said, it'll heal. <laughs> he got tired of paying all that money. I just, I just told him, I said, it'll heal. Well, it did, but, but it's kind of, it, his hand looks kind of funny. It's kind of got this, but it did heal. I remember when I got my, my sternum broke, I mean snap, and I didn't even go to the doctor. When I'd breathe, it would pop and crack, and, and I, you know, I was in my 20s, and I thought, well, it'll heal up, and it did, but, but, but it's still there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If they ever did have to open our surgery on me, they'd have to use a hot saw and a jackhammer to get through there, because there's a lot of scar tissue built up in there, you know? Our bodies... Are, are amazing how they're made and they they heal themselves and Jesus said know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit now I want to teach you a principle in all this and we're just we're just now getting started on on this series but when when I got the revelation when I first started pastoring I was sick all the time. I mean, I was around sick people. I was in hospitals all the time. And there's not a better place to get sick than a hospital. I mean, it is full of germs. And, and you're, you're around it all the time. And I was always sick. That's why they try to get you out of there as fast as possible now. When you have surgery, that and the insurance company don't want to pay for it. But they, they try to get you out of there as fast as possible because, because they know the longer you stay there, the more more likely it is that you're going to get some kind of germ because it's full of sick people amen think about that that's why that's why when they want to put me in the hospital or something i said no i'll be all right you know it's like when i was in, in south africa and, and and had that in that uh you know that thing in my blood <laughs> that went toxic and you know and all that kind of stuff and I was supposed to die and all that kind of stuff every time I would come every time I would regain consciousness the doctor in that little clinic he was an Indian man every time I would regain consciousness he would he would come running over and say you have to go to the hospital and I'd say no I can't go to the hospital and then I was out again this went on for hours and hours and hours. And, and the reason that I kept saying no was, number one, I was, I was going to Rwanda, and I was 
that's all I had in my brain. Once my brain gets fixed on something, it doesn't change very often. And even though I was unconscious and I was sick and I, you know, all that kind of stuff was going on, I still, in my brain, every time they said something, I said, I'm going to Rwanda. That's what I'd tell them. And, and so he kept, and besides that, the, the, where I was at, the death rate from AIDS is higher than the birth rate. So the last place I want to go is where people are dying from AIDS. And so I, was, I kept saying, no, no, you know. And, and God raised me. You know the story. God raised me up, healed me, and, and saved me and all that kind of stuff. Whenever we, whenever we run into things like this and things happen, and let me tell you something, it's going to happen. There's very few people I know of that has been able to have just absolute perfect health. Kenneth E. Hagan was one of the few that really got a hold of this thing, and he lived in absolute health all of his life because he got a hold of this, this revelation, and he was able to do it. I mean, his whole life, he, didn't, he wasn't sick. It's amazing. I, on the other hand, have not had that great revelation or something because I have battled over and I have, I have battled through so many things in foreign countries and, and, and stuff. I mean, I know what it's like to, to preach the gospel day after day so sick that you can't stand up and burn up with fevers and, and all kinds of losing 20 pounds in a couple of weeks. And I, I know what that's like having to push myself and push myself through that and, and, and then healing coming. It's like, why couldn't it have come, you know, two weeks ago? But, you know, sometimes you have to push through this thing. If you don't know how to, if you don't learn how to push through things, you're just never going to get anywhere. You got to learn how to be, how, how to have a bulldog mentality that this is where I'm going. This is what God said. This is what God blessed me with. And I'm going to go after it. Amen. And so ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget one day. This is after I'd been sick for three weeks. I mean, I, I come somehow, I come down with some strange flu from some other country, and it was awful. I ended up unconscious in the living room floor, and a, my wife, who was expecting Austin and was ready to have him any time, had to call somebody from the church. They come and pick me up. This, this one guy picked me up and carried me out to the car put me in the car, took me to the hospital. I had some kind of some kind of uh, flu. I forgot what the name of it is. You know, uh, bird hippopotamus <laughs> flu or something like that. And it was bad. I mean, I was sick. Bad sick. For three weeks, it took me three weeks to get on my feet again. I mean, it, it knocked me down. And after that was over with, I was really distraught. I was upset because I'm a pastor, and I believe in the healing power of God. I preach the healing power of God. And I was distraught because I seemed to be the only one not getting healed. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I was distraught about this thing. I said, God, what is the deal? One day, I, just, I was just going through my day, and I just stopped, and I said, what is the deal? And just like that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? 
which you have of God, and you are not your own, but you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. And it just stopped me in my tracks. I froze in my tracks because I got a revelation to come alive inside of me, and that is this. This is the property of God. It is the property of Holy Spirit. It is his vehicle, and there are trespassers on private property. That's the revelation I got. And I just, uh, I just start standing up and saying, I command everything that's not of God. You are evicted out of these premises. And I begin to receive healing, and I begin to receive health, and I start getting stronger and healthier because all of a sudden I realized that this body was redeemed just like my soul was, and there is healing for me, there is health for me, and I can press in if I just understand that God wants to fix his vehicle. Amen. <laughs> When it looked, when that story I told about a while ago, when it looked like things were going to go bad, there, I was in South Africa, landed in in Johannesburg, South Africa, got sick, ended up, you know, whole long story, and when it looked like I knew I was going to lose consciousness, I knew it was bad, I knew that things were going wrong in my, you know, everything's going wrong, and this is what I said, I said, God, if this is where it ends, I'll see you in a few minutes, but if not, if you want to get some more miles out of this thing. You ought to do something. And that's, that's, the, that's the extent of my prayer. <laughs> and so, sometime later, I woke up in a strange house, in a bedroom of people that I did not know that ended up taking me home and putting me in their bedroom. And I came to, and I thought, oh, I feel better. God must want to get some more miles out of me. And I got back up and we went back to preaching and ministering. Why? Because this belongs to God. And he decided that he wasn't ready to retire it yet. Amen. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you get a hold of this revelation, you begin to look at infirmities, pains and aches, and, and things like that as intruders in your life they are trespassers on private property this property belongs to god they are trespassing and you need to call the high sheriff of heaven to come down and evict the trespassers off of the property of god because this belongs to god amen i'm not going to get a whole lot of this presented today but that's something that you got to grab hold of. It has, it has been a dynamic shift in my life, understanding that. Now, I want to read, read this to you. This is, uh, this is talking about the, the problems that our toxic thinking does to our bodies. And a lot of our sicknesses, a lot of our problems come because of our toxic thinking, because of our situations, because of feeling trapped, because you feel like there's no way out of your life, there's no fix for your life, and, and you, you have a culture of complaining. I was talking to our staff about that this morning. There, there are places where there's a culture of complaining. Different places I work, I, I, I see that there's a there's tension in the air all the time. And I listen and I find that the people working there have a culture of complaining. 
but then I'll go other places where it seems like everything, you know, there's just a relaxed atmosphere and stuff. And I notice that there's very little complaining going on there. So what, how we think, what we do with our, with our, our, what kind of culture we build in our life will have a lot to do with how your body responds and how you, how you live and act. A culture of complaining will make you dread going to work. It'll make you dread being there all day. And, and, and by the time you get off, you're already dreading going back the next day. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching right there. <laughs> in toxic stress mode, not only are we out of our perfect view, but we are also endangering our physical health. Our blood vessels will constrict, reducing blood flow and oxygen to the brain and potentially putting ourselves at risk for cardiovascular issues. Amen. Did you know that when you get uptight, we call it, that when you have toxic stress in your life, where you have dread and fear and, and you're just aggravated about everything. Did you know that the arteries in your body constrict? They can constrict to the point that a blood clot that normally wouldn't even phase you will cause problems. You can have a heart attack, not because you got a lot of blockage, but because stress has constricted the arteries in your heart to the point that a blood clot that is small enough, it shouldn't cause problem, all of a sudden lodges in that artery. And once that happens, we really tense up. In our brains, we could end up having, having mi minor strokes simply because we are so constricted because of what we're thinking about, because of how we live in our lives. We can literally constrict ourselves to the point that we, and not only that, it limits the blood flow to your brain. And so you begin to feel bad. You, you get to where you can't think, you get cloudy, your mind gets cloudy, and then the, your, your pupils begin to go smaller. Why? Because once that begins to happen, then adrenaline begins to get pumped into your system. And that adrenaline begins to cause anxiety. And that anxiety begins to, you begin to have this fight or flight mode. And the pupils of your eyes go small. They, they, and you can't, you, you lose your peripheral vision. Your hearing goes down until you can't hear very well. That's why when people get under toxic stress, they start talking louder. Because they really can't hear themselves. And everything begins to constrict. You start getting to where you can't think. You begin to get agitated. You've, it's like, it's like this, this, um, this trigger effect that it, you end up having problems. You end up having anxiety attacks. You end up feeling like you can't breathe. Your breathing becomes constricted. Your heart starts pounding real hard because all the adrenaline that's being pumped into your bloodstream. You're not having a physical problem. You're having a soulish problem that is manifesting in your physical body. Your body is suffering because your soul is suffering. There's a lot of sicknesses, a lot of pain, a lot of problems we have today that does not originate in our body. It originates in our soul, in our mind, and it manifests in our bodies. Amen. A broken heart 
We talk about broken heart. Well, I got my heart broke. Did you know that's an actual thing? Toxic stress, something that happens, a death, a divorce, all these type of things can cause what we call a broken heart. You lose a loved one, what happens? You, you actually hurt. Your heart actually hurts. And it can actually cause damage. And in rare cases, it's fatal. When, whenever something like that happens, there's this cascade of hormones. Let me read this, rest this before I get on to it, okay? I got to read it. Our blood vessels will constrict, reducing blood flow and oxygen to the brain and potentially putting ourselves at risk of cardiovascular issues. In addition, 1,400 different electrical and chemical and infinite quantum responses will go haywire. Wow. 1,400. All of a sudden, you just had an electrical and chemical failure goes haywire in our brains and bodies because we're stepping out of what God called us to walk in. We're stepping into toxicity. Amen. A broken heart is not a physical problem. It is a soulish problem that ends up being a physical problem. Okay? When, whenever, whenever tragedy hits or whenever you get really upset about something or somebody betrays you or somebody upsets you and you have that that brokenheartedness, you have that heaviness, one part of your heart, because there's, there's a, a, an amazing release of stress hormones in your body, I mean, all of a sudden, there's this chemical avalanche, this chemical cascade that takes place in your body and in your mind, and part of your heart will enlarge because of the, of the chemicals. Part of your heart will enlarge, and the other part will work harder to try to overcome that enlarged part, and it won't beat good, and you feel like your heart's out of rhythm, and, and it, causes, it can cause muscle damage, not because you got a heart problem, not because you got problems with your physical body, but because you just had a trauma in your soul that caused a chemical cascade and electrical failure, and it caused your heart to begin to malfunction when your heart is fine but it can actually cause your heart to break physically it's a cascading effect but it's not physical it's soulish and that in itself you end up with all kinds of problems headaches nausea dizziness you end up with, with, with aching and hurting. Your body will ache and hurt. Why? Because there has been such a release of hormone. Stress hormone will be released in your body, which goes into your joint. Next thing you know, you're hurting, you're aching. You don't feel good. You, you feel lethargic. You don't have any energy. It's not that you have a physical problem. You do not have a physical problem. Your physical body has been attacked by stress and it's caused all these problems and there's only one thing that'll change it and that's when you go back to experiencing the presence of God and the joy of the Lord and the peace and love of God. You've got to head back there as fast as you can because if you don't, you're going to get sick and your body is going to manifest it. 
Amen. Some, some of us hurt. We, don't, we can't explain to the doctor where we're hurting at. That's not physical. That's emotional. But you feel it in your body, don't you? You ache and you hurt in your body. Your joints hurt. Your body hurts. I believe, I have no proof of this, but I believe the canopy of something called fibromyalgia, I believe that that's a canopy covering a whole lot of symptoms we don't understand. But I have talked to a lot of people that suffer with that. And I find out that not only does their body hurt, but they've got toxic feelings in their life about somebody. Something happened. They're carrying a lot of pain and a lot of ache, and, and, but they're feeling it in their body. What is that? That is the neurological connections in your body responding to the pain in your soul, and it's going out into your body. And you feel pain. You hurt. You ache, and the doctors are doing everything they can do to try to make you feel better, and nothing seems to help. You know why? Because they don't have anything that will get to your soul. It's all the healing that needs to take place in your, in your emotions, in your mind, and your body will follow. Amen. Now, I'm not belittling the pain. I'm not saying, you know, a lot of people get insulted when I say stuff like this. But i got to tell you something. You need to, start, you need to start listening to what's going on because if you'll listen to yourself, what you're about is what comes out. If you find yourself complaining all the time, you find yourself talking about the hurts and the pains and how people's done you and the abandonment and the heartache and all this kind of stuff, if you find yourself talking about that a lot, then you got to understand that the pain you're feeling is probably coming from your innermost being and radiating into your body and you're feeling pain. Your body is trying to tell you something's wrong and you need to get it fixed. Amen. I was getting tight and quiet in here. But that's good because we need to realize, we need to realize something today that our soul determines the, the productivity and the quality of our life. Our bodies will follow our minds. Amen. We, when, we, when we are hurt, when we are injured, we can't receive healing in our bodies as long as we are shut down in our soul. Because our soul is the gate. Our soul is what determines what our bodies get. See, there is spirit and there is body. When God created us, I'm trying to shut this down. When God created us, he, it says that he formed a body out of dust. He formed this body. And then he breathed his spirit into it. So we were spirit and body. The soul is supposed to be the servant that serves us and connects us to our surroundings. Our senses, smell, touch, feel, sight, hearing, that's supposed to be what connects us to our surroundings, but not what dominates our life. Spirit, the Spirit of God, is to be dominant in our lives. What has happened is we've changed that, and the soul is now dominant in our lives. And so we, 
have these hurts. We, we carry them. We, we carry this stuff with us all the time. And we can rehearse things that happened 20 years ago. We can rehearse them in detail like they just happened. Why? Because we carry them as if they are a live wound. It's like a cut that never healed. If you had a cut on your arm that didn't heal for 20 years, you would do your best to try to get that thing healed up. But a lot of us have cuts on our souls that hasn't healed in 20 years, and we don't do anything about it. We just keep talking about the cut. You should have a scar there by now. Amen. We got a lot of scars, but a scar means you healed. That was good. A scar means you healed. It's not an open wound anymore. It's closed up. It's sealed up. It's not causing you any problems unless we want to think about it all the time. There's healing for us. There's healing for our bodies. But our bodies are suffering today because our souls are suffering. In order for us to launch into this thing, in order for us to really understand healing, in order for us to understand wholeness and health in our bodies, we've got to understand what affects us. Do you, realize, do you realize when things go wrong in your life, when, when there's an impact on your life that it affects you physically to the point that you actually it'll show in your body? Several years ago, I began to realize I, I would have these ridges in my fingernails. Every fingernail would have this ridge that would grow out all the way across, this, this bump, this ridge. And I... I would think, what in the world? Why, why do they do that? Every one of my fingernails, some of them are black, but being smashed, but every one of them would have these ridges. And I, got, I began to realize, I began to track that. I'm, a, I'm an investigative person. I have to track everything. I have to know what's going on. And I began to realize that every time there was a traumatic event in my heart that really upset me, I mean just the, the kind that just shuts you down and you just can't hardly go on and, and, and it, just, it just really impacts you to the point that it, it's almost like your life stops. I began to watch and after that, that's when those wrinkles would show up in my fingernails. My body was literally stopping whenever that would happen and you could see it physically the impact I haven't had any of those in a long time you know why because I begin to realize I can't do that I can't let things affect me like that because if it's affecting my fingernails it's affecting my bones it's affecting my, my heart it's affecting my brain and I gotta start running to God with this stuff as soon as it happens. So I want us to shake. Josh, come here, buddy. Come here. You got the strength. Come on. Praise God. The Lord break that curse of death off you, son. 
Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for life right now. I speak life over Josh. In the name of Jesus, I curse cancer and command it to die in his body. Father, I declare right now that your healing power flowing through this man's body. In the name of Jesus, I reverse it. I break the curse of cancer. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare life over Josh right now. I declare life over his body right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you reverse this thing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. By your blood, by the powerful blood of Jesus that shed on Calvary, we receive right now what was bought and paid for. God, I thank you for that right now. Thank you, Father. you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy now Lord I just pray right now that the power of your spirit radiate through every cell of Josh's body by the authority of your name in Jesus name thank you Father hallelujah stand with me today if you would thank you Father Thank you, Lord. Now listen, if you can if you can tell me today, if you got things in your body you just can't seem to get healed of. You got things going on in your life that you can't seem to shake off. Come here, sweetie. This is Josh's wife. Was it Nicole? Nicole. They just got married yesterday. The doctor told Josh that he has stage three cancer. But we're, we're declaring life over his body today in the name of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Life. 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 Life to your cells. Life to your body. Life to your mind. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know what I'm talking about today. You know there's there's things that you just haven't been able to get over. And it's hurting you. It's hurting your physical body. I want you to just come and join me today. Come on. You have things that you need healed of. Praise God. Now listen. I have seen people that have experienced traumatic events to let anger and bitterness come into their life and I've watched them get ill and get sick I've watched people go through terrible divorces and in a matter of time come down with cancer that kills them in a very aggressive cancer that kills them in a short amount of time trauma if you let trauma take over your life, if you let bitterness and anger take over your life, you will become sick in your body, and it'll end up killing you. Come down with all kinds of, of diseases that cripple you, and all kinds, and I just want you to 
understand today that you don't have to live there. You don't have to live there. Praise God. Come on. I know there's some more in this place. You, you need to come down here because God wants to touch you today. God wants to break that thing over your life. He wants to cause you to be free in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father. God, I declare in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your healing anointing is, is, is alive and active today. Lord God, rather it's somebody like Josh, Lord God, that's been hit with this thing just out of nowhere. And Lord God, if it's something that's been come on, coming on for a long time, Lord, we believe in your power. We believe in your anointing today. And we just call the power of God to be displayed in our life. Heal and break this thing. In Jesus' name. Break the power of infirmity. Break the power of sickness in our lives today, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Josh, lay your hands on me, buddy. Come on, let's, let's agree together. We're all going to receive today in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your power. Thank you, God, for your anointing. Being released right now. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for strength. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for strength. Thank you, God, for restoration and, and resurrection power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for resurrection power. Glory. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for wholeness. Thank you, God, for wholeness. Everybody say this with me. I declare wholeness over my being. Spirit, soul, and body. The power of God. The blood of Jesus cleanses me and makes me whole. In every part, I command infirmity to leave me. Broken heart to be healed. Trauma to be gone. I say, today, I say today, I am healed in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus because, of what he's done. because of what he's done. And I yield, and I, yield, and I, receive, and I receive what Jesus paid for, Jesus paid for on, the cross. on the cross. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that today. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for release. God, there's some today that are receiving release from years and years of being shut down and closed off. God, I thank you for release today in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 